This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast, a prophecy broken by fate. The prophecy spoke of four heroes reborn who would return to the cathedral in this age. They spoke of the young man. Yes, they spoke of the young man. He would bring the hammer here. I've seen it. A myth shattered and burned. It is said that Minderhall took the hammer of unmaking and smashed his first creation. Adoromi, she brought with her the secrets of the fire geodes. A great battle long forgotten. And all of a sudden, a huge hill giant crests the hill. He's dressed in the armor that you now know as Uskrat's armor. Are forged into a powerful new destiny. The magic that will be unleashed will give you all the power you need to defeat Urathash. For those willing to embrace it. But if it's great power you seek, the power to move mountains, you must put your faith in Minderhall. The adventure continues. Forget Minderhall, I pledge myself to Troll! <laughs> right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glass Cannon Podcast. It is your old buddy, Joe O'Brien, here to welcome you to another lovely day of gaming in the Pathfinder game system. I, for one, love Pathfinder, and I'm very excited to play again this week. Uh, it is one of the joys of my life that I get to participate in this fantastic game. And today marks a very special day for all of us. Episode 105 is going to be a landmark episode of the Glass Cannon Podcast. That's right. A landmark episode. And I do not say that lightly. I mean, we're talking about the ranks of episodes like episode 50, Flies You Fools. Episode 70, Gar and Away. We lose Galabras. Things are fundamentally different from that point on. And then you have lesser-known milestone episodes, like episode 17, which, incidentally, was the first episode where I finally figured out Sirenscape. And it marked a transition in the show that fundamentally changed what we were doing to a point that I knew the production values and the quality of the show was only going to increase from there. And that is how I feel again today. So, so many weeks later, so many moons later. I feel this same giddy excitement again as we enter another new era with the Glass Cannon Podcast. So as I'm sure most of you have seen, Troy LaValle was out in Seattle this past weekend at PaizoCon, putting up some Facebook Live videos showing us how much fun he was having out there. I was insanely jealous. But Troy had the most wonderful things to say about the entire con. He was overwhelmed with how kind and thoughtful and welcoming all the Paizo people were. And outside of the Paizo employees, he was just overwhelmed once again by how awesome our listeners are. He said it was GCP Live all over again. Those were his exact words, which to me means that he had yet another inspiring, engaging interaction with our listeners, which is so easy to do because our listeners are literally the best gamers in the entire world. So he just had the best things to say about it. 
And one of the reasons that he was out there, and he teased this a little bit in one video, was to close a deal that we have been working on with Paizo for the better part of a year. And without getting into all the nitty-gritty about what that whole year dealt with, I will sum it all up and say that after a year of negotiations about how we wanted to make the glass cannon into something that was valuable to Paizo and how Paizo wanted to make the glass cannon something that represented Pathfinder to the world, we closed a deal that made the Glass Cannon podcast the first ever official actual play podcast of the Pathfinder game system. That's right. You are now listening to the Glass Cannon podcast, an official podcast of the Pathfinder game system. Now, this news is hot off the presses, as it were, and is not something that has been publicized yet, even by Paizo, and won't be for a few weeks, from what I understand. I think they're trying to correlate it with our two-year anniversary, which is also coming up very soon. So you might not see anything from them just yet, but we were physically unable to not tell you guys as soon as we knew that this episode was officially coming under the umbrella of the Paizo label. So... An official Pathfinder podcast. What does that mean exactly? Does that mean that episode 105 is going to sound like a different episode than the, the episodes before it? No, not at all. It is us. We're still doing the same thing. What it does mean, though, is that we are going to be able to reach people that we were never able to reach before. You guys have put us into this position to be able to get off this launching pad to the next level because it's you guys that spread the word of mouth to begin with. That's all that we have had so far is word of mouth. But now we will have the good name of Paizo behind us to push into new markets to globally spread the Glass Cannon podcast even farther than it has already gotten. And who knows where we go from there. Right now, this is just day one. This is day one. So it is thrilling to be able to come up here and make this announcement to you guys and just let you know that we are constantly working hard to continue this show, to maintain a high quality on this show, and to work with the professionals in this business to bring all of you a quality piece of content every single week that you can rely on when you are commuting or going to school or blowing off class or sitting around with your friends or teaching somebody how to play in a new game of Pathfinder. That is what we want to do. And Paizo is only going to increase our ability to do that. So that is our big news this week. Without any further ado, I'm going to let you get to the episode, which by the way, is no slouch itself. This episode alone from a narrative perspective marks just like a total change in the game. So, I mean, there's just so much going on in 105. It is going to it's going to stand out as one of those episodes we remember for for many many years. So, thank you guys for being with us this whole long long journey to get here, but we reached the the pinnacle here and have realized that we have more mountains to climb and now we're really going to be able to. So, thank you to Paizo and thank you to all of you guys. Let's get on with the show. Here is episode 105 of the Glass Cannon Podcast, Slag Film. First, there was 
Katrezra. Then your old pal Drosia. And now, deep within the Cathedral of Minderhall, a third oracle, Etena. Did you think we'd see? Did you guys think we'd see a third oracle at this point? Are you, are you oracled out? I'm just surprised at how famous Galabras is. There's multiple <laughs> people that he's never met know him pretty well. That's very. Uh, it's very interesting. Remember that you said that. <laughs> They guess they listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she had 104 episodes. Yeah, yeah it's one of the pick up on the story. It's a parlor trick. Really, <laughs> right. she's just been listening to the episodes. The I think Troy really fucked him over. By the way, I can't believe that. <laughs> Did he even get a save? <laughs> Forget me to hall. I pledge myself to Troy. <laughs> Down with the small folk. Do you think A10 has been on the Reddit this whole time? <laughs> 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 oh boy um, well here we are back episode 105 been a little over a month since the uh, episode 100 jamboree um, as I'm now calling it jamboree <laughs> episode 100 jamboree <laughs> wine and cheese social um, and here we are you, you, you had a nice little role playing app last week um, with Ferrin the slag giant didn't know if she was quite friend or foe. Maybe you still don't know. But Della had a very enlightening conversation with Miss Farron um, that led her to telling you about the woman who she is a student of, who she's pledged herself to learning from, uh, Atena, who lives deep below the forge in the forge heart. You guys go into the cathedral proper. Nestor had only seen it from a distance. Now you get inside and realize the immense scope of this place. This is where giants go to church. Off in the distance, in the nave area, is a two-headed creature who's kind of in charge, who's maybe swearing in a couple of uh, ogres, similar to the ogres that were in the grog hall. Is he maybe swearing them in, or is he swearing them in? Listen... I don't want to lead you to believe one thing or another. I want to leave it up to your imagination. <laughs> we'll watch the smoke billowing off a of fire. You're like, possibly some smoke? <laughs> you think it's smoke Maybe from it's, here? Might be a smoke-like from, substance. From 10 feet away, it smells of smoke. It smells of smoke. A substance like smoke. <laughs> smokish. It's smokish. Uh, and with a, a bunch of... You know, kind of a, a good range of stealth checks across the board. And uh, and one shadow walk slash dimension door. And you get that because of the feat you took. It allows you to use shadow walk as dimension door, right? Yeah. So Once, a, once per day? Once per day. As a fetchling, I could do shadow walk. Um, yeah, and then I took a feat that allows me to use that shadow walk as if it were the spell dimension door, but only on myself. Right, which is better for you because shadow walk... You could end up who knows where. Who knows where? Right. It's still cool. It might be cool. Like imagine, like you're in Dello, where like the only one left alive after after Nestor kills them all, and uh, <laughs> and she's just like, I need to get out of here, and she just is like, Poof. right, blind and jump. Blind I jump. promise yeah. you, I'll make it cool. <laughs> Wherever you end up, didn't say it'd be safe, but definitely cool. Um, you guys get up there. Do not draw the attention of those three creatures, and. Baron finds the secret door in the base of this 
think I said, but 60 foot tall statue of Minderhall. You see stairs leading down into darkness. I already described the room to you. Atena turns around and she looks, by the way, like this. I have her pawn here. That bodes well. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that is very scary. You should know I have pawns for Omasked, Cursed, pretty much everybody. Um, is she normal size? Oh, she's large. She she's a giant is, as well. Yeah, she's a giant that looks like Farron. Thanks for throwing on <laughs> the ground, she Joe. She fell That's into cool. your beer. I think she actually fell into No, she's on the mixing board. <laughs> oh. oh, here she is. <laughs> she's drowning. She, she <laughs> vanished. That's where she's going to stay. <laughs> no, she was there the whole time listening to the show. That is Atena, and she's played by Fanola Flanagan. Ooh. Who's that? With Fanola Flanagan? She, she's on Lost. She is in Lost. Uh, she I was, when Desmond was like dimension hopping, mm-hmm. uh, she's the one that talks him through it. She, her, her younger self was on the island in the pre others, the pre Dharma others. She was, uh, oh, like Widmore. Yeah. She had a relationship with Widmore. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She All also, right. as I recall, was yeah, in was The Divine like, Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Well, I'm sure you... No one saw that. that. It was on HBO a lot when I was growing up. Uh, she played <laughs> Eloise Hawking. <laughs> Matthew Eloise. was 15 years old. <laughs> I know, Matthew was... <laughs> when I was growing up. Forget, like, how young... Like, when I was growing up, it was Blade Runner, Shit. Tron. You had Yah Yah Sisterhood. I don't even know what that is. Um, it's like so, yeah, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but different. Oh, she's she in uh, Waking Ned Divine as well. She's sure. Oh, that, that was good. That I was haven't good seen movie. that in a long time. Um, I watched that the night... Of the new millennium. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Oh, you had a marathon. <laughs> Ned Divine any, and the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. You don't have any emails we've gotten that have been like, what was Matthew doing in 1999? <laughs> right as the century. Yeah, Matthew, what were, you, what were you? I was sitting there waiting for Y2K to happen, and we watched Waking Ned Divine. <laughs> I'm going down. I'm watching this. This I, was it an Irish flick? I think. Yes. I think it's English. But I'm what, sure. what did no, you do at the Irish dawn of the, the new Willennium? That's what I think everyone really wants to know. I don't understand the So lost right now. <laughs> Boy. So lost. Cut this out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> da, 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 da. I was going to say, can I have a tenna back? I'll never see her again. Um, anyways, she turns to you. I already described the room. There's like uh, silver dust, metallic dust around the, the uh, forge that has gone cold with like symbols... Uh, hand-drawn into it, candles everywhere. Um, obviously, she, she greeted Baron and Della and uh, says, first we have to talk about how you failed. Galapras. <sighs> Always comes back to Gal. Many prophecies have I read over the years and almost all of them speak of a chosen one. The one who will return to change the world. The one who will return to make things right again. The one who will bring justice to all that which is unjust. Ha! Leave it to the narcissism of mortals to misread a fundamental part of all these prophecies, though. Despite what any of you may have been told, there is no one single chosen one. They are only scions, descendants maybe of the gods, who are touched by immense power 
who play their part in the great story and then pass their torch on to the next. Your friend, Galabras, was one such chosen one. And he played his part. If only he were here for me to thank him in person. Oh, oh, I sense the presence of Agramosh. Yes, have you brought the hammer of unmaking with you? Funny story. <laughs> uh, Galabras did have it, as I've, as I've been led to believe. And then this fella came along, and he took it. So, but he said he was coming here, right? I think that's what he said. What? No, no, that's not right. I've, I've seen it in the slag. She points at the lifeless slag bit. Prophecy spoke of four heroes reborn who would return to the cathedral in this age. They spoke of the young man. Yes, they spoke of the young man who has lost himself. He would bring the hammer here. I've seen it. Unfortunately, the man of whom Nestor speaks, Brander, seemed to have past with Galabras that was so powerful we couldn't stop him from escaping with the hammer. I see. Well, no doubt this man, this Brander, perhaps misread a prophecy himself and saw in young Galabras another chosen one. More the fool he was. But if you know this man and have seen this hammer, either he or it will find its way here. If you are those who have been prophesied to relight the forge, the four ancient heroes returned. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Please make yourself comfortable. Sit. She goes and she grabs like some candles and stuff, and you can see in her eyes there is just nothing behind the eyes. It's just white. She's blind. Can't tell if she's blind or if they're just the pupils. She's got cataracts. Just blended straight in. So it's, it's like Catrezra. It's One just like Catrezra. Mm. Um, please sit. This. Uh, chamber once served as the heart of Minderhall's forge in the cathedral above. This huge pillar, and she points to the pillar that's leading up from the slag pit, uh, is actually the furnace that once fueled the magic forge. But for the last few centuries it has lain cold, and the forge heart has been shrouded in near darkness. In times now lost, my ancestors built the sacred forge in the cathedral above to honor he who makes and unmix. You must know that Minderhall's forge is a repository of awesome power. But long have its fires lain cold. Only with Minderhall's great hammer, Agramash, can the effects of long ages be unmade and the flames restored. Could I perhaps see this great hammer you have? Well, once again, uh, as we pointed out, we don't have it. 
um, it was taken from us. Well, from them. I wasn't there. Honestly, if I had been there, we probably still have it. <laughs> but uh, this fellow, that, like, with the priest fellow, that he, he took it from him and he flew off. I'm wondering if you're picking up this prophecy pr- correctly, if, like, there's some problem with your antenna. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Skin. Uh, You've been sitting on that one for a while. I've been right? waiting. <laughs> I had my hand up. <laughs> um, Sir Will's going to say, What was made here when this forge was working? Many hundreds of years ago. What I know when I came to it. When I was very young, they say I showed signs of being blessed by Mindral with gifts of prophecy. So my parents surrendered me to the oracles of the forge at a young age. A sacred order of seers charged with protecting the forge here at the Cathedral of Mindral. Though this wasn't the honor it once was, as you may know, Minderhall's divine influence has waned, and the mighty civilization of my ancestors was long gone. But I accepted the opportunity with pride, for I believed I was the chosen one. I was young and brash. But when I first saw Minderhall's forge, I wept, for it was long cold, its former glory only known in tales. The prophecies speak of great magic being released if it can be relit. What its original purpose was, perhaps we can all find out together. That sounds a bit dangerous, don't you think? Not knowing what sort of power you will unleash by lighting it. Wouldn't you rather know what is going to happen before you do it? I live only to see the flames once. I care not what it does, but I believe in the power of Minderhall. He has shown me the light for centuries as I've lived here. And I know he would not lead me astray. He would not waste my life. If it were to be relit, Urathash would use it for great evil. Am I right? The scowl, like, crosses her face. That man, that man claims to be of Mindahal himself. But we do not see eye to eye. I cannot say much more, for it is said he has ears all around, eyes all around, even down here, though I've kept to myself. I haven't seen light in maybe 200 years. Wow. When he first came here, he did come to visit me, but eventually he stopped. Why do you believe he stopped? For he is not a true believer. He seemed like he was. When I saw him giving that speech. Then why hasn't he relit the forge himself? No. He does not have the power. He is not one of the four heroes. 
So it's like you think it's like four of us. There's five of us here. So, like, which four? If you had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent question, Mr. Coyne. Oh, thank you. So it's me, then? Is that one of the things that a great hero would have, the qualities, <laughs> is the ability to ask really good questions? Perhaps. Perhaps it is. One must always question the information they are given. If I just looked at a prophecy and read it at face value, took it at face value. It's clearly me, then. So it's like me and three others, so you guys figure it out. <laughs> no. um, I'm sorry, I've been here too long, staring at the slag, seeing that which is past and that which may come. How rude of me, though. My name is Etena, which you seem to already know. I am the keeper of the forge, and I am the last living descendant of the ancient slag giants who immigrated to this valley after converting to the worship of Minderhall. Long ago, the elder priests of the cathedral appointed me to the revered position of keeper of the forge, a post that I have held for centuries, even after all these giants, giants just like Urathash, abandoned the valley and the cathedral above. Since that time, I had been the cathedral's sole inhabitant, and every day since the forge went cold, I have lit candles and laid prayer symbols in the dust to honor Minderhall and bless the forge. That was until they came. Until he came. But no matter. You watch as his plan fails. Like all those have come before him, he'll abandon Minderhall as well. That is why he cannot be trusted as an ally in the relighting of the forge. What balance do you seek in relighting the forge yourself? Your ends uh, seem to be at odds with those of Urathash. Urathash has nothing to do with this forge. Now, I am the guardian of the forge, but I am not its creator. No, 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 no. Were that the case, I would have long ago renewed its fire. But this task is beyond me. You, however, the former bearers of the Hammer of Unmaking... Perhaps you have the power to relight the forge. I do not. Urathash does not. Perhaps we do. But we won't do it so long as Urathash occupies this cathedral. You have my blessing to remove him. I will tell you, young girl. And she leans forward and she, just like Farron, Towers over you. Huge her, face. Her head is the size of your chest. And she says, The magic that will be unleashed at the relighting will give you all the power you need to defeat Urathash and any other enemy that comes in your way. But first, you must learn its history and know what must be done to see which four of you are the true scions and she like Yoda's over to a table to grab some text let's <laughs> <laughs> get the sacred text yes <laughs> uh, she uh, <laughs> yes 
So see, Empire Strikes Back Yoda's over, not Attack of the Clones Yoda's. Right, right. She doesn't do a triple backflip. No, and she doesn't Jedi Yoda and just fade away. Okay, great. Yes. She's very spry. (laughs) She lays her hand on top of the texts and the big, big book. And she's like, you know, according to these sacred texts, four ancient heroes first brought Minderhal's forge to life. The first was Mimrith, the maker, priestess of Fandara, who prepared fallen warriors for the afterlife by anointing their bodies with sacred clay. She lined the forge with clay to contain the fire within. It seems to me, young Della. And she just kind of looks up in the sky. That your father tried to do the same with you. Tried to contain your fire. And failed. And she points to the slag pit, which again is just dead, old, cold slag. And you see it start to coalesce into shapes. Whether it's physically actually happening or just a trick of the mind, you can't quite tell. But you see the shapes begin to emerge into like a scene. You see a tall woman with long black hair yelling something inaudible into the woods ahead of her still inaudible as it's slowly coming into form. If we were watching this on TV, the camera would pan around and you see it's a fetchling woman and she's yelling at the top of her lungs, tears in her eyes. Della. 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 She's frantic. She runs off into the woods still yelling, Della, like she's looking for her getting more and more just like hyperventilating freaking out she shadow walks from the ground to the top of a tree and gets up there looks all around reappears back down on the ground and runs off in the direction like she saw something you hear sounds up ahead in the distance that are starting to become clearer to her while also remaining completely unintelligible. It's like... Start to get louder and louder. And this woman, this fetchling woman, stops in front of a dilapidated shack in the woods where this creepy, otherworldly sound is coming from. She flips her hands down, and one becomes engulfed in flames while the other one becomes engulfed in electricity. She walks up to the door with purpose and just kicks the front door down. Inside, you see a very young Della tied to the floor in the middle of a strange symbol surrounded by candles which snuff out as the wind enters the room. 
in the back of the room, you see Della's father, played by Tim Roth. And he turns and says, Metra! No! You don't understand! She has great power within her, and we need to harvest it! We need to let her be free! About ten feet above Della, half-formed, half-transparent, is some sort of devilish demon creature. <laughs> the woman, who I guess her name is Metra, sends cones of flames at the, at the creature and bolts of electricity at Della's father. As he tried to rush towards Della, she grabs Della, pulls her out of the cabin. She's tending to her calming her down so you're alright you're alright you're alright everything's gonna be alright now Della everything's gonna be alright and Della is just staring at her in this like trance light state she's like you're gonna be okay we're gonna fix this we're gonna get you away from him this will never happen again and she just stares at her mother as a single drop of blood from the top of her forehead <laughs> just leaks down her nose <laughs> to the earth below and the image dissipates. Did we all see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Della has no memory of that whatsoever. Your father, he tried to do things to you. I think his heart was in the right place. But evidently your mother saw it a different way. You have grown quite powerful, Della. Yes? You asking? Yes. I thought you saw things. Oh, I did. I just want to hear you say it. I'm powerful. You sure are. And methinks you are. Mirmith the Maker reborn. Don't prove me wrong. She goes back to her sacred texts. Looks through them. <laughs> well, that was intense. Jesus. <laughs> a break. <laughs> Take five, everybody. <laughs> I heard it and everything. Fire. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Whew. Mirmith the Maker. Mirmith the Maker. Priestess of Fandara. Does anyone have a history check or something? Yeah, I was going to ask. That? Like, is there a knowledge, is there a knowledge history, knowledge religion? Uh, knowledge religion, sure. I'll do religion. I got to do it untrained. Eighteen, Damn. seventeen for Della. Okay. Um, anybody else? <laughs> uh, Fifteen for Sir Will. Okay. I don't have it. Um. Baron and Della, you have a small sense of it. It's not a deity that you would read about in deity school. <laughs> in in, in Galabras' text. <laughs> Jewish country deity school. Um, but you know, or at least you think you know, that Fandara is an ancient deity worshipped primarily, prim primarily by stone giants. Um, was she, was, was Myrmith... A giant? Or are these are these heroes all giants? 
would we have gotten that sense? Um, Attendant nods. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's funny, it says here, another legend tells that she's the mother of both stone giants and dire bears. <laughs> cool. Oh, wow. Well, they walk around together. Yeah, they have a relationship. Yeah. They have some kind of symbiotic relationship. She's a contemporary Weird. of Arastal. Oh. Arastal's like the, the god of hunters and yes. farmers, yeah. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, she's also... F- uh, followed by some primitive humanoid races in northern Avistan. So it's not uncommon. For she's her. not she's not a dead god. She's right. Yeah, she's still out there, but maybe like, like some Kelly tribe. And she's, a, and she's a deity? She isn't like an imperial lord or something like that? No, she's a straight-up deity, but like an ancient deity. Almost wow. defunct, similar to Minderhall. But <laughs> similar in like equality to Minderhall? I thought that she uh, was, I was say lighting... similar in equality, no. Um, but so Minderhall's like Zeus. And Probably. these other in guys. the pantheon, she's the pantheon right. under him. Well, the, yeah, and uh, they're heroes. They're maybe like Heracles or, or, or yeah. Perseus. Like they're divine heroes. That's right? a great yeah, way yeah. of thinking of it. And in okay. her estimation, Gilgamesh. Uh, yeah. She thinks you are um, this woman reborn. I kind of think Della's got to be skeptical of this. This like rebirth. Yeah, Nestor stuff. definitely is. Della just started believing in religion. Like sixty episodes ago. This <laughs> <Which> is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just want like two weeks. <laughs> So, uh, and, yeah, and Nestor's, Nestor's pretty sure this this seems like a con to me, especially like, if you don't have any memory of it. Yeah, you know, like she said, like, I can see, I'd be able to see on her face. It, like, she's not, she doesn't recognize it. Like this could easily be a fucking con. This is an illusion that it's like she's trying to trick her into doing something. So, I'm, the I'm myth, very the mists have betrayed us before. Absolutely. Well, I didn't, I wasn't there, but you know, I heard about it. So that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking, Nestor? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, question. Are you full of shit? Because it just seems like she doesn't know anything about this. And you could very easily just be making all this up. I don't know what he's selling. Like, what, what, what do you, are you trying to trick us into doing something? Like, I'm sorry, but I just... I don't... I don't want to be rude, but I just... I think you're a liar, and I don't believe you. Oh, perhaps I am. I... I've been staring at the slag for so long. My my memory isn't what it used to be. Perhaps I don't see things like I used to. I don't know if it's now or if it's a hundred years ago. So maybe you're right, Mr. Coyne. Could I sense motive on that? To sure. see if she's... Mm, me too. 24? 20 for Sir Will. 20. <laughs> 8 for Della. Everybody, Della's like, she seems like she's on the up and up. Uh, <laughs> but everyone else is just like... Uh, she's being very coy on purpose with Nestor, like, oh, you want to challenge me? Well, I have some information for you. Hmm. Well, and plus she's like hundreds of years old and probably like looks at him like he's a five-year-old child. Right. Yeah. right. I believe it was you, Mr. Coyne, who said there's five of you and only four heroes. An astute observation, to say the least. Yeah. I've always been very good at math. Well, maybe none of you are the heroes. But certainly, not all of you are. Let me tell you about the second hero. Her name was Adoromi, the priestess of crystals. They say her veins ran hot with molten metal. And she could temper steel to a hardness that would cut diamonds. She brought with her the secrets of the fire geodes. Hmm. 
which once ignited would burn for a century. Bing. <laughs> ding, yeah. ding, 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 what ding. What you didn't see at home is that all of us like perked up in our seats. <laughs> about, oh, oh, now I'll pay oh. attention. Okay. Now it's clear, just from your starting attitude, that many among your group also have a fire burning within them. Perhaps you, Umlo, are the second coming of Adoromi. A fire burns deep within you. A fire fueled by loss. Every day, you become more mechanism than man. Why, even those around you treat you as a weapon more than as an ally. That's for certain. <laughs> for a time, as I read these and I looked deeper into the slag, I thought that perhaps Adoromi would return as that ranger that abandoned you, the half-orc. But I know that all of you know that his fire has long gone out. No one's veins run more hot than you, Mr. Coyne. But it's hot with revenge. And while I admire your tenacity, what a fruitless emotion for one so gifted, especially revenge towards a creature who doesn't even know you exist. You have committed many crimes, Mr. Coyne. And some would say the most heinous crime one can commit. And she waves her hands over the slag again. You see a bearded man leaning back in a chair, staring at stacks of copper. He's played by Reese Efens. Mm. Ooh, a Welshman. Mm. Ooh, a Welshman. <laughs> I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Notting Hill. Can't you guys get some A-listers? Oh, wait. Wait. Joe, you own the VHS to Notting Hill. You love Notting Hill. <laughs> you love You've said movie. it in those, in those words to me. <laughs> he's the roommate. He's Hugh Grant's roommate. I told you roommate. not to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just going to say, is he the roommate? Because that guy's amazing. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Joe, I've read your Notting Hill fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> slash fic. I'll just Notting Hill slash fic. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's a good one. It is really good. <laughs> so you see this bearded man, played by Risa Fens. Leaning back in a chair, staring at the copper, he looks up and sees four filthy urchins standing across from him, like silently staring at the floor. The man yells at the smallest one. Short again, Eamon. Everything about you is fucking short, isn't it? He continues to rail at the boy who tries to speak up for himself through obvious tears. It were only three coppers, Master Co The man just kicks the boy straight in the chest. And then as he's, like, going back, he grabs him by the scruff and pulls him close. There's no only here, lad. What's owed is what's owed. If you can't cope with picking pockets, then there are far less savory ways to make a living in this city. You take my meaning? Yes, Master Coin, sir. Throws the kid to the floor, and the other children help him up as they all scuttle out the door past 
a figure who is now standing in the doorway. Still frightening children, old man. The shadowy figure steps forward into the light to reveal a 15-year-old Nestor coin. <laughs> I always say no need to fix what's not broken, lad. This new generation is soft, simple, need toughening up. Dare say it worked on you, eh? He winks at Nestor before crossing behind his desk and producing a battered-looking clay chamber pot from a drawer. Those three pennies gonna put you in the black, are they? From what I hear, you'll need a lot more than that. I always told you not to gamble so much, young Nestor says, and the old man's eyes narrow at the teen. What business is it of yours, anyway? What have you heard? Well, I heard that you're into Emil Lozano for at least 2,000 gold, maybe more from the way he tells it. Lozano. The older man spits on the office floor. That chinless wanker is the biggest cheat I ever met. You think I give a rat's cunt what he says? He'll get his money when I'm good and ready. Oh, he's a cheat, Alistair. But unfortunately, he's also just got engaged to the daughter of a Zani captain. So he's a cheat and a liar. Who wouldn't marry that fucking toad? He keeps counting his coins. Maribel Cosma, apparently, Nestor says. The clinking of the coins stops as the man sets down the pot on the desk. You're joking, lad. Arno's girl? Nestor steps forward. I didn't believe it myself, but I came round when some of his lads stopped by the pie shop looking for you. Tried to shake me down, said they'd start cutting pieces off me if I didn't give you up. I never would, you understand. But they told me there's a bounty on your hide for fully half what you owe, Lozano. So I told them that if anyone's going to take you down for a sack of gold, it'll be me. And Nestor whips a dagger from his sheath and flashes it at the old man's throat. The old man kind of laughs a little. They <laughs> always said I was a fool to take you in. They always said you'd be the death of me. Oh, I know, Dad. He presses the knife harder against his father's throat. You told me that day after day, year after year. God, so I half believed it. A self-fulfilling prophecy, you might say. The old man can't help but smirk. It's like I've always said, Nesta. You may not be the swiftest. You may not be the strongest. But you are the most determined little cunt I've ever known. He starts to laugh out loud, and despite himself, Nestor lets out a chuckle, and for a moment lets the knife drop just a hair. The chamber pot shatters against Nestor's temple. It's coins. <laughs> coins, clay shards go everywhere. Nestor falls to the floor as his father makes for the door, just rushes for the door. Nestor grabs his father's ankles as he's fumbling with the door latch and plunges his dagger into the old man's calf, which sends him down to the floor. He's kicking like a wounded animal at Nestor, and he crunches the heel of his boot right into Nestor's nose. Bleeding and blinking away the haze, Nestor stabs again and again into his feet, into his legs, just 
pulling himself up the man's body, stabbing away until he can reach the torso. And he gets there, and he just stabs and stabs and stabs his father in the back until the kicking stops. And they both lie on the floor, covered in blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Coyne turns the body over, looks at the blood-soaked beard of the man he called his father, those icy blue eyes staring vacantly into nothingness. That was for all the boys, old man. And for mum. And it fades out. Holy moly. And we all saw, again, we all saw this. We all saw this. <laughs> So Nestor is just sitting there and he's got this just intense look on his face. So you can't read it. You've never seen this look on his face before, but he's just staring at where the vision was. And he finally says, Could you Could you show that very nice part again? That's not that's my favorite. <laughs> I bet it is, Mr. Coyne. I do believe you now. Good. I thought you would. And I want you to know, I show this to you. Just to let you know that this is reality. And I say this to you, not to judge you, but rather to inform you, Mr. Coyne. Are you a religious man? No, not really. No. No. Well, perhaps now is the time to take up faith. For what is seen as an abomination by all the gods? Kinslaying is not frowned upon by Minderhal. For he would see what you did in this instance as a definition of true power. You did what had to be done. And I believe you've only gained more strength by quenching your father's flame. Looks like justice to me. Yeah, thank you. So Minderhall, it's all right with him then? I've spoken to him, and he knows of you. And he smiles upon you and all your deeds. Huh. Well, I mean, it's worth looking into. I mean, it seems like we're compatible. I have some pamphlets. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you can show me. Remind me to give you some pamphlets. Yeah, <laughs> just, just some literature, something simple with a lot of pictures that I can take home. Sure, sure. Now just grab these handles. This is called an e-reading. <laughs> oh, no, no. Exactly what I was thinking. No. Are you familiar with fate and level? <laughs> They're off the charts. <laughs> Good, good. I knew the heroes would come. She looks at Baron. He's like the third hero. Was known as Jogrothir the Hunter. Oh, we know that name. Oh, yes. I bet you Yeah, know. where did we hear that? He's In the, the Guardian. Yes. Right. Oh, the like uh, 
the um, tablets. He was yeah, the giant right? described on those tablets. Yeah, geography of the hunter. Was he living there? Or he was described on them, or he wrote them. Yeah, I, he, the note I took is he was described on them. Oh, yeah, he yeah. lived there. That was his. Yeah, oh, that was his cave. Those were his tablets, or was right? Yes. Okay. So you've wow. you've been to his cave. He was the guardian of the sacred horn, Drake's Bane. Ah. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Did cool. You, did you happen upon the horn? That we nope. thought. <laughs> no, no, never mind. No. No, I've never seen it. I don't know what you're talking Jesus about. Jesus, <laughs> Natural too. That's where he got excited because he's like, oh, wow, there's a god who likes me. Well, if you found the horn, then perhaps you know what it does. If you haven't, you'll need it to relight the forge. He would use it to call the ancient drakes native to the surrounding peaks. It is said that Geographer brought the forge to life, for he alone was able to capture the dragon's breath, the only flame hot enough to ignite the fire geodes. Hmm. Uh, uh, now it's coming it's together. making sense. You, Ashpeak, I believe you know all about dragon's breath. My reach into my duster <laughs> and for the first time in what 30 episodes now I have quick draw so I could have more often <laughs> but uh, we'll pull out Dragon's Breath which was presumably left with the young members of the Ashpeak clan as they were left upon the mountain to see if they could survive the journey back down she looks at the handbanger it's <laughs> really says, sharp. She says, That is not, of course, enough firepower to ignite the geodes. But it just further proves my belief that you are Jogrothia reborn. Your ancestors would have believed the same. For your kin knew all too well the power of Dragon's Breath. But you were not afforded that life, were you? The life that was meant for you. No, Baron. But know this. You were not saved from that life. No. Your birthright was stolen from you by those who you falsely learned to love. Again, this either physical or mystical oh. slag Holy moly. comes to life. The slag movie? Slag movie. <laughs> the slag flick. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best bachelor party ever. You see two dwarves with their backs to you walking away. You can't make out their faces as they walk like down the crest of a hill or a mountain. But you do see that one of them has a shovel in their hand. You would imagine like from there the camera pans down and you see an infant dwarf sitting in a basket hmm. next to the dwarf or basically like right under where the basket is. You see freshly moved earth 
like someone had just dug or buried something there. A few moments pass and you see the bushes off to the side start to rustle and a male dwarf emerges from the brush. Baron, you immediately recognize him, though he is much younger than you've ever seen him, as the man you called your father all your life, and behind him, your mother. The Red Hearts look around, like making sure they're not being watched or followed, like they're on some clandestine mission. They're clearly on edge. The woman, your mother, goes straight for the baby, while the man, your father, goes straight to digging under where the basket was. Moments later, he pulls out a gun, a gun you've never seen before. It looks ancient, like it wouldn't even work if you had it in hand. And he just starts turning it over in his hands, like studying it, amazed at what he's found. All right, take the baby and throw it in. No, I can't. Can, can we just keep it? It's not safe. We've got what we needed. They're going to come looking. I don't know what's down there, but if they find a corpse in it, they won't come looking for us. If you're going to throw him in, you might as well throw me in too. You're going to get us killed, you daft woman. Fine. Let's go. And they sneak off into the woods. The view pans out. And you see that they're on the lip of an enormous volcano. <laughs> Slag recoalesces and goes cold. <laughs> wow. There's an old saying that oracles rarely give good news. Ashbeak. But in my mind, the truth is more important than good or bad. Your parents that you knew, they may very well have been good people. But what was most important to them was stealing the secrets of the guns. However, I believe that the Ash Peaks still live. Ooh. Mm. And if you are Jograthir the Hunter Reborn, you will hunt and you will find them and get your birthright back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> It's just like Superman. <laughs> it's like Superman's story. It's exactly like Superman. Except I don't think Pa Kent was set on killing the baby when they found him. <laughs> right. Although maybe in Man of Steel. That was my maybe, twist. Maybe, maybe in Man of Steel. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Atena. We've been talking a lot about Minder Hall. He who creates and destroys. 
but I can tell you no matter what my last name is, no matter what my lineage is, I know that Torag struck at his great forge again and again and again until he shaped this ball we stand on to be exactly as he wanted it to be, Galarian itself. And when he created the dwarves, he filled their bellies with fire. And the one prophecy he gave was our quest for the sky. Now we made it here. And the only thing I'm here left to do is to bring some balance back on this playing field. And we can talk all we want about hammers. But I know that Torag's hammer, Caglamros, will bring justice back into this world. So I think fire is my thing. <laughs> we've established that it's my, my thing. Let it be known, Baron Ashpeak, that you and I are not exactly saying different things. You can worship Torag, or you can choose the path of Minderhall. Both can lead you to your destination. You speak of Torag's hammer. Do you know about Agramash? Do you know what it is? We didn't have the arcane knowledge necessary to unlock all of its secrets while it was under our possession, so I will admit to ignorance on this. Well, all I know is what the legends say, and I both agree and disagree with them. It is said that Minderhall took this hammer and created the first giant. But he was unhappy with his work. So he tried again. And that's when he made a stone giant. And seeing how perfect he was, he took the hammer of unmaking and smashed his first creation. And that created all the other races of giants. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Wow. That's great. Cool. Look at me, Baron. Am I a stone giant? You've told me as much you're a slag giant. I am. But I believe in Minderhall more than I believe in anything. You can keep your Torag, or you can come to Minderhall. Either way, I believe you were meant to relight the forge. I've never looked at unmaking as a means of creation until you told me a story like this. This is something to be taken under consideration. I'm glad you see it that way. And so it brings us to the last hero. The last was Rosag, the preserver of the forge, a great priestess of Minderhall. Rosag held the secrets of water, both its ability to temper metal as well as its capacity to quench the sacred flames. She performed the blessing of Rosag, the final incantation that stoked the fires and sanctified the forge. In my visions, 
of your coming. I always saw the butterfly boy doing the blessing and bringing the forge to life. But your failure to keep him safe has made that all but impossible. Perhaps you, Sir Willimit Keswick, are meant to do the blessing. But yet, your gods have abandoned you, have they not? Yeah, they have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so this is my reading. No, I know. It's just it's it's a great inconvenience to the rest of us. I didn't mean to interject. It's your moment. So <laughs> doesn't bother me. No, they have not abandoned me. I have failed them, and I must earn their trust back. It's a shame that you too are taking so long to see the truth. For the gods abandoned your family long ago. Let me ask you, do you think Benric still believes in your gods? I'm, I'm sure that he does, of course. But your brother is dying, you know this. It, it must be their will. Why? Just look at the gods' will then. And the slag coalesces again. <laughs> And it's like a live stream. <laughs> Straight from Highbury Castle. <laughs> you see, in the window. I see a city in the clouds. You see a city in the clouds. <laughs> you go in to your brother's be bedroom. And you see your brother Benric lying in bed. You haven't seen him in a while. He's almost unrecognizable. Skin just hanging off his bones. He looks like he's aged 30 years in the time that you've been gone. He literally looks like a living skeleton. Pendrick. You see your parents? At least the only parents you've ever known. Your mother is weeping. And your father is doing his best to console her, knowing that death may come at any moment. You can, you feel like you're there, that this is happening right now. And you, like, Benric, almost wanna. Can you hear me? Reaches out. Benric is just looking up in the sky. Here, I'm here, brother. Your adoptive parents, they sent for healers far and wide to cure his ailment, to no avail, yes? Yes, they could not figure out what was wrong with him. It must pain you to know that as small as you are, you will live the life that was meant for him. And you're just still, that image is there while she's talking to you. Does it hurt you to know that? It does. 
parents tried everything they could and failed. But what if you could save him? Would you do anything to save your brother? I would, of course. That's why I'm here. I'm here in his stead. If he had the strength, he would do he would do exactly what I have done. Well, maybe not exactly. And he, like, his eyes cast down. She just leans in, like she did to Della, but crouches down even lower so she can kind of get to your level. <laughs> and the size of her body behind her, old though she may be, just immense. She's been living a sedentary lifestyle in darkness for hundreds of years. <laughs> and she just looks at you with those huge chalk eyes. Well, what if I told you he could be cured? You see, the people you have come to know as your parents, I hate to say it, and I mean no offense, but they put their faith in the wrong gods. Yomadai, Shailen, and the like are all very nice if it's righteousness and beauty you're after. But if it's great power you seek, the power to heal, the power to transform, and the power to move mountains, you must put your faith in Minderhall. <laughs> Pledge yourself to him, Willamette, and relight the forge in his name. And if you do, your brother will be saved. You will come into great power. And she gets as close to you without kissing. <laughs> it's like a no creature, mortal or immortal, will ever see you as small again. <laughs> gingerly goes back to her chair as the image of your parents and Benric maybe the last time you ever see them fades away you said yourself you don't know what would happen when we lit the forge how do you know he would be healed you don't know the power that you're about to unleash if we were to do this thing you said it yourself that is true but the power to heal your brother will not come from the forge. It will come from you if you put your faith in Minderhall. Minderhall is an evil deity, right? Technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're going to get technical about it. Yeah, the, the most good he gets in his followers is, like, lawful neutral. But as you've seen throughout this adventure, certainly, lately, evil and good, the line is very all over the place. Especially mm -hmm. when it comes to giants. Especially when it comes mm -hmm. to Della, technically evil. Nestor, technically evil. No. And, and actually evil. Actually, and actually evil. evil. <laughs> it's not a technicality in my case, it's... It's a firm moral choice. Did commit patricide. I, yeah, that, that was pretty evil. I will say the thing that Baron's rolling around on the back of his head and the way you brought up um, 
he's only thought about Torog as being uh, a creator and the destruction thing. That was really well done. I don't know if you intentionally brought that up or not. Maybe. Maybe not. You're a smart guy. Or some would say. Probably not. Yeah. Um, so that was really... <laughs> uh, damn it. But, but in, in thinking both that sides on bad. this, from uh, Katrezra to... Why am I forgetting her name right Droja. now? Droja. to Atena now. None of these seers have been on the side of the little people, per se. I mean, Katrezra ran away from the evil people. We have to believe him at his word that he was tortured and mistreated and he came back. Uh, Droja was in the middle of this camp. Atena's a member. Also tortured and mistreated. Right, stone giant. So it's just, I'm trying to figure out motives. I'm hoping that they all really see and are oracles that are giving us this information on good faith rather than attempting to manipulate us just to light the forge. But we've already come in with the fire crystals and with everything else they need, and we're Indiana Jones, so. Right. Yeah. We could get a second opinion. I think we could uh, call in another oracle. <laughs> I'd like to phone an oracle friend. <laughs> uh, Sir Will's going to say, if we lit the forge... And you found yourself with great power beyond what you had ever imagined. And the lighting of the forge was not the last thing you saw, but instead the first step in a renewed third act for yourself. For yourself. What would you do with your power? Well, I believe... That in order for Minderhall to rise again, in order for him to survive in this world, he must be for all. As I have presented him to all of you, whether you choose to follow him or not, relighting the forge can give you all the power you need, unearthing great magic for you to use in wherever your journeys may take you. My journey is to bring Minderhall back. And if I live to see the flame but for a moment, or I live for another hundred years, I will spend my life making his name mean something again. And what does that mean? Making his name mean something through power and domination? Making his name mean something through... Justice and equality? You speak in riddles. When you followed your faith, did you not have the same questions yourself? Did you just blindly do what you were supposed to do? Probably, sometimes. I'm an old woman. I know what to do with my faith. Perhaps in time, you will too, so will. I do know what to do with my faith. Perhaps I've been a bit lost, but with the power, if I was granted the power again, the power of the Omadai, I would bring justice to this planet. I would see the great evils undone and the weak people of the world brought level with those who seek to dominate them. It is a very clear goal that she has, and you must understand her power. Just because she is good does not mean she is weak. She did great and powerful things during her life. will not bore you with the details, but I'm sure that they are on par with anything Minderhall or any of these other deities have done. 
she just leans back and puts her hands wide. It's like, spoken like a true chosen one. (laughs) (laughs) How would we do it? Only by following in the footsteps of these four blessed ancients. By repeating those acts which have been undone over time shall the fires of Minderhall's forge once again blossom. Have you got, like, a flow chart or something? something I can give you the nuts and bolts again. But we seem to be missing a piece that you've alluded to, and that is the hammer of Agrimash, is it not? Yes, the hammer is very important. The hammer will come. I know it, when the forge is relit. And if this man, this brander, is enemy to you, you will possess all the power you need to regain the hammer. And draw him here. Once it is lit, he will bring the hammer to us. I believe so. That hammer will find its way here. If this brander had his eye on Calabras, he knows what it does. He knows, perhaps, the part Galabras was meant to play. But you must follow in the footsteps of Mimrith, of Adoromi, of Jograthir, and of Rozak. Um, um, I mean, I gotta say, Della is leaning towards this pretty, pretty strongly. Get right out of town. <laughs> to do anything for great power? It's not about the power. Yeah. It's about being able to defe- being able to draw Brander here and then having the strength to defeat. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, you've consistently been the only one who's born a Brander in mind. Yeah, I mean, that's why we came here. Yeah. Why, why Della came here. Yeah, so. yeah. And so, Nestor doesn't care, but he is intrigued by the sound of power. Like, he's not about to worship a god of giants. But... The thought, like, he still has his objective. He just wants to kill um, Earthrush. But but it, the, the power would be a nice little bonus on top of that. Baron wants to know, once the forge is lit, what's to stop others from taking power from it? That's why, a good point. Why would we be the only ones that could benefit from us? And you yourself have said that Urathosh has eyes and ears everywhere. What if he's listening to this now and he intercedes in the middle of the lighting ceremony? It is my job as keeper of the forge for as long as I live to keep those people out. What do you mean, those people? Do you mean all stone giants? Those who are not committed to preserving the values of Minderall. Are there others, other giants, within the cathedral, besides Ferran, who know of you, who disagree with Urthash, secretly? To my knowledge, no one knows of me, except Urthash. I've never had conversations with anyone else, and I haven't left here in hundreds of years, unless Ferran has told other people. She told us pretty readily. <laughs> Seems so, but she knew she knew. I have spoken to her of the prophecies. You must have said something that triggered in her. I believe it was true now. Yeah, no, that's right. 
I heard that. They said two now, and then she just started spinning the beans. May I ask you another question? Sure. Um, Sir Will looks down at his armor, looks back up. Who is Uscroft? Why was he in possession of the hammer? That's a good fucking question. Why was he buried beneath Trunau? That is an excellent question. These artifacts, as I'm sure you know, from long, long ago, they pass through time. Their original purpose gets lost as they themselves get lost throughout the centuries. Like the One Ring. Yeah. This Uskroth was a great hill giant chieftain. <laughs> and he came into it. Somehow. But didn't know what he had. He did not know the full extent of its power. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And he was defeated by the small folk. And buried with it. Yes, this is where you found him. So the small folk made the tomb? No. His own men. Oh, okay. The tribe he was with. And then the hill giants left that land. And Trunau came to be built upon it. With no knowledge of the tomb. She closed her eyes. She's like taking in all this information. She's like, true now. Uscroth. And you see in the slag a hill emerge. And all around it, sounds of a great battle. You see orcs in the front line rushing forward, brandishing, you know, falchions, scimitars, a line of bowmen come up from the side and just start firing away. And there's all these soldiers dressed in an insignia that Baron would recognize as the insignia of Last Wall. Okay. Oh. Alright. And so this Last Wall army is just clashing against bloodthirsty orcs. And they've got, like, mostly humans, but you see some dwarves rushing in there with war hammers, smashing away at orcs. You see a bunch of elves dressed in the Last Wall insignia just let loose their bows. <laughs> some orcs go down, and then orcs break through the Last Wall line and start crashing, crashing against them, killing some of the people from Last Wall. And then there's just like... The people from Last Wall break through the orc line and start going up this hill, which looks familiar, but it also looks like this happened so, so long ago that it's not quite recognizable. And all of a sudden, a huge hill giant crests the hill and just swipes at like six last wall soldiers with a hammer. He's dressed in the armor that you now know as Uskrat's armor, and he's wielding Agrimash. <laughs> and he's Come just on. rows and rows of these soldiers from Last Wall are coming up, and he's just like, wa-boom, wa-boom, thunderous clap as each uh, hammer uh, crashes against you know half a dozen of these soldiers. Eventually, uh, they the soldiers start to surround the hill, and they surround Uscroft 
and are like poking at him with spears. It's like, uh, you know, they've got a line of spearmen, shields, and more spearmen, and they're kind of like closing in on him like Game of Thrones style. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually, you know, he's smashing through some of them, knocking them down the hill, knocking others down the other side of the hill, and then one of them pierces through his armor and finds a little spot, sticks a spear in, and he kind of buckles down. He rips the spear out and smashes at that guy, kills him immediately. The guy's head explodes that just put that spear in his belly. But while that's happening, two more guys insert spears into him. And then a couple come at his legs, and he's still thrashing away, but now he gets overwhelmed. And just maybe a dozen or so, 15 spearmen just stick spears in every single part of his body. And eventually, he falls <laughs> to one knee, to both knees, and collapses on the ground. The orcs and the hill giants, maybe emboldened by seeing their chieftain go down, push against the last wall soldiers. And the last wall soldiers know that they just had a big victory, and they retreat. And then the remaining hill giants and orcs, time passes. The battle has ended. And you see them beginning an excavation underneath the hill, perhaps to lay Asgroth to rest. Hmm. And dragging some other bodies of hill giants with them. The skeletons. Mm -hmm. So that is how Asgroth <laughs> came to fall. Oh, that was brilliant. Could we do that? I want to watch that one again. I would also like to watch that one up. again. That was let's, great. Let's with they stabbing him with the spears and everything, coming up the hill. And he's smashing the skulls. Could you oh, put it on man. this flash drive? Yeah. Could I? He was a great. He was Is a it available player. on Blu-ray? Yeah. It's... We've got a long trip ahead of us. Yeah. It, it's real. And I can watch it in the back of the minivan while he's driving. It's really a shame they uh, were from Last Wall, or else they could have gone a little bit more further and built a wall around that tomb. So this whole mess never would have happened. None of this would have happened. Yeah. No one would have found the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see, the hammer is not meant for everyone. Its power can only truly be unlocked by returning it to the forge, relighting the forge, and striking it upon the anvil. Perhaps one of you, if you truly are the heroes reborn, can wield it with all the power it was meant to have. I have a request. Yes. It's been many long miles and many weary nights since we left True Now, of which we just saw the birth, and I, I suppose it's made me a little bit homesick. Is there a way that you could send their seer, Katreja, or one of their elders, Silvermane, a message through your powers to let them know that we're still fighting for them, that we're still on the path to turn the tide and protect true now I will do my best to communicate with him and let him know that you are still fighting for those people I have seen all of you in the slag those who have fallen that were once part of your group those to come and those that never were that missed their chance I know you I've seen glimpses of your past 
seen things you don't even know about yourself. You were all destined for this. Minderholz Valley, as I'm sure you know by now, is enormous. Trails and valleys leading every which way. But if you are to walk in the footsteps of these heroes, you will need to go back and find the four elements needed to relight the forge. Are you up to the task? Will is drawn by this mass, like just weighed down right now by this massive temptation. Massive. Sure. And he's trying to think his way out of it or, or feel his way out of it to make it an easy decision, but it is not easy. And he's like, he looks at Della to just be like, well, well, let's see what she says. Maybe I'll just find out a little more. I'll just find out a little more. And Nestor's into it. She looks at Della. She says, Mimrith the Maker. As I said, prepared fallen warriors for the afterlife by anointing their bodies with sacred clay. She used that clay to line the forge, to contain the fire within it. Find the clay. Adoromi, she looks at Nestor, the priestess of crystals, whose veins run hot like you, Nestor. She brought with her the secrets of the fire geodes, which would burn for a century once ignited. Find the fire geodes. Yeah, I think I've got a line on them. <laughs> I think I've got a fairly good idea where they are, but carry on. But we would never be so foolish as to bring them right never. to the heart no, of the No, I mean, no, certainly not. It's not what I'm suggesting at all. Well, if that's true, then you won't have to worry, Baron, about finding the Drakesbane horn, if you truly are the reincarnation of Jog for fear of the hunter. And lastly, you, Sir Will, as you think on what I said think on the power of Minderhall and perhaps open your heart to letting him speak to you. If you truly are Rosak reborn, the preserver of the forge, who held the secrets of water, performing the blessing of Rosak, find the blessing. Hmm. I want to know how they all died. Well, we know how Jagrathir died, right? Or we don't. Was that was that made clear when we were there? I guess he wouldn't scrawl out. I shall die. <laughs> he must have died while carving it. Surrounded. He would carve Arg. He'd just say it. Drums, drums in the deep. <laughs> so you're willing. So you're willing to go back and find these things, yes? Yes. We need a guarantee. Yes. Orathash will never see the power of the forge. She looks around. Just making sure no one else is listening, even though you're hundreds of feet below the cathedral. 
we will take in down together. For he is no true acolyte. Not in my eyes. The forge is for all of us. Let us relight it in Minderhall's name. Uh, one, uh, I would just like to say I've got business with him. The killing blow must be mine. So be it. I hope my eyes can still see in the light to watch it myself. And when Brander arrives with the hammer, he's mine. Fair enough. And I will see, through your vision, my brother healed. Yes. With your own two eyes, I will show you, and you will watch. I see no other way to stem this tide but to attempt to harness this power, and my hope that some form of unmaking can lead to something. That will protect us all. I have a quick question. Yeah. The uh, when he shattered the original creation, that made all the other races of giants. Mm-hmm. It didn't make all the other races. No. Just giants. No. But I think Thank in her estimation, the reason she was telling the Baron is like, why couldn't they have? It's yeah. inter- mm. it's interesting to me that she has decided that the the reincarnation of, of these great giant heroes are all small folk. Yeah. What's up with that? Spirits, man. They don't know bodies. Who knows? Yeah, but why... Magnets. How why do they, they work? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking science, great philosoph- A great philosophical question is posed, and Grant's like, magnets. <laughs> uh, Grant's a juggalo. I'll, I'll, it's a juggalo mo- at heart. Uh, our next uh, podcast has to be a juggalo real play podcast. <laughs> How much of the valley have you seen? I don't know. We've seen a lot of it, definitely. We've explored much. Well, let's map out, basically, briefly, off screen. Yeah, we can show her. We can show her. Do you know the valley? I don't know it well, and I'm sure it's changed much since I came to the cathedral as a young girl. Do you know Troy the valley? I know him well. Mm. (laughs) Can we see that vision? (laughs) Small boy in 1986. Being thrown around the bathrooms of a Catholic school. (laughs) Weeps during the World Series. Crying, <laughs> crying over his manager's special. <laughs> the ball, the ball just goes through Bill Bauer's legs, right over his legs, over and over. Behind the bag. <laughs> no, I choose Mendel. <laughs> Here comes Knight, and the Mets have won it. <laughs> <laughs> she says. Long ago, they say the ancient giants that ruled Minderhall's valley back when the power of Minderhall was still strong within the hearts of the giants. It is said they first mapped the valley themselves. And that's your best chance for finding clues to the locations of the remaining components. There. The prayer, the blessing, and the water. What would it? What would it look like? 
blessing? Would it be a book, a, a scroll? A, I know not. And the a tablet. Oh, I bet it's like in Skyrim when you find the dragon words. <gasps> but it's like yeah, <gasps> yeah. No, him, yeah, like that, right? <laughs> As you approach, what of the clay? The clay. We'll know it when we see it. You'll know. You'll know just like you knew when you found the geodes. What geodes? And you found the Drake's <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's we, not, we not admitted to any of that. We, if you were to find them, you'd know. I don't know if when we allegedly oh. found the crystals. <laughs> Go to where the ancient map is of the valley. But we don't know where it is. Well, I do. Oh, you do? Oh! Oh, that's good news. I don't know if you'll be able to read it, but it's your best chance of not wandering aimlessly throughout this valley. We've got a real clever dick uh, upstairs. He might be able to help. You'll need all the help you're going to get in the dark passage. And if this was a film, the camera would pan out of a tenant's room, up the stairs, through the cathedral, out the main doors, around where the Oculus tent is, over the fence where you crawled through the shit, down to where all those families were with rats running around and slowly close in on that cave. The cave. Oh, the cave. Really that. Remember our failure at the, the cave. cave. We'll see you next week. Oh, <laughs> oh,